Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Gumshoe Tom. We are Team Binge. We're coming at you with the sultry sounds of Gumshoe Tom for Season 2, Episode 6 of The After Party. This one was called Danner's Fire, and boy, oh boy, was it uh, hot, hot, hot. Tom, I don't know. I'm going to leave the sultry stuff to you. I can't pull it off. Yeah, don't go too close to that fire, baby. You'll get burned. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my uh, composure. I don't know that I'm going to not faint with all of the heat coming off of whatever it is you're doing right now. We appreciate those of you that have joined (laughs) us after this insane episode. This was, uh, I got to be honest, from the top, Tom, when I remembered Danner's episode from last season, I was like, ah, it's kind of a break from the fun stuff. But... (laughs) I think I had more fun during this episode <laughs> than I did the majority of the other ones, if I'm being honest. This one was super funny. Yeah, Danner is such a great character. Tiffany Haddish is just fantastic when you let her just chew up all the scenes that she's in. And I, I know I've seen this other actor that kind of plays her love interest or the arsonist here in the in the episode, but I mean, I just loved him too. They played off each other so well. And yeah, it doesn't move our main mystery forward that much. I mean, we get a couple cuts to the present, but, I mean, I wouldn't call this purely a bottle episode. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a great time. And shame on us for not knowing that actor's name. But he's just beautiful, beautiful man, which is Very. certainly exercised during mm-hmm. this ep- episode. Yeah, I'm with Colt on uh, my reactions to this man. <laughs> yeah, Colt. Hey, and we got Colt back. It was great. There were a couple of people that we got back in this episode, which was yeah. fun to see. So I do like that they're doing this with the show. Is like, hey, we are going to bring back season one. They're not going to get a lot to work with, but you are going to uh, to see them. And then mm-hmm. one of Tom and I's very favorite people in the world from his podcast work and, I don't know, Piranha 3D work. Uh, but we get <laughs> to see Paul Shear in this, which is fun. Such a lovely cameo, for sure. Yes, definitely. Tom, from the top, how'd you feel about this one in terms of all the other episodes this season? Was this the tippy tippy top or was this the (laughs) down, down deep? That's silo terms people. So, uh, get ready. I'm only talking in silo terms this episode. I, I mean, I think in terms of comedy, I loved it because I think Tiffany Haddish, when you let her kind of bake a little bit, she's just glorious in, I don't know if I would call it like my favorite because I do love the mystery aspect of the show and we don't get kind of the main murder kind of developing a lot, but still had a lot of fun. I I still think my number one is probably the Sebastian episode last time. Sure, sure. I have a a close part in my heart. That's probably not a phrase anyone's ever said before. Mm -hmm. uh, For these 90s, we'll call them, I don't know, erotic thrillers. Yes. uh, (laughs) Having... Listen, it's no secret we do a bad movie night at this house, and a lot of times, not a lot of times, but we run into these (laughs) 90s erotic thrillers, and they typically involve a Baldwin brother of some way, shape, or form. It's like Eternal Affairs. It involves um, Michael Douglas, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're all just good. And so to watch this episode and like have them hit those beats so well, which they Mm -hmm. always do a great job of hitting the beats of whatever theme, but going to those 90s, and it's so funny, you could never make those movies nowadays. So it's oh, it's no. fun to watch them do it in a TV show and go over the top and kind of make fun of certain tropes and then go so far as to have food being shoved into <laughs> one another in weird ways. I don't know. Yeah. It was very funny to me. 
It is great. I think like the music is some of the biggest uh, like pulls to this. So and, and like the camera close ups is again like zooms and zooms and zooms uh, as they're like getting more and more like intense in some kind of erotic conversation. It's just it's gold. And then you, to your point, they nailed it. And what's funny is Michael Ely, who is the actor that is so handsome in this episode, Danner's bow. He plays it completely straight in terms of mm-hmm. like there's no winking, like he's doing funny stuff because it's so over the top, but he's playing it as if he was in a 90s erotic <laughs> thriller. Like she sometimes makes some comments like we've been for real right now, but he just plays it like straight and mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it uh, immensely. So let's dive into it, Tom. The The theme of this episode is Danner is telling Anique about your brain being blinded by your heart or something along those lines that's what this all leads to this this story yeah and i like the fact that we get and we kind of speculated this early on in the pilot episode but the fact that um danner hasn't written one word of her book and she portrays this like projected confidence which anique you know says like hey you're always so confident i always think you're such an awesome detective whatever else it is but that is a like a a front that she's kind of putting on and she even thanks him for it like hey thanks for like seeing that I am a confident woman when she's like anybody else. Like right. she has fears and everything else. And um, Anika's kind of putting her on a pedestal here. He's like, she's like, yeah, thanks for buying into the pretend uh, projected <laughs> confidence. That's, yes. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into this mind movie because this mind movie opens up, as I mentioned, with one of our favorite people, Paul Shear. <laughs> Uh, who we love from How Did This Get Made, as well as, I don't know, anytime he's on screen, he typically just does like small bit roles in, in I don't know, we'll say B-movies. Uh, yeah, nothing sure. against him, but he's always having mm-hmm. fun. And he has, typically he's having fun with like people that he knows, uh, like all the people that did like Children's Hospital. Is that what that sketch show, it wasn't a sketch show, but it was like mm-hmm. a spoof on hospital tv shows all those people mm-hmm. are very funny anyways love paul Shear. yeah he's fantastic and i think he's he's just like one of those actors that probably just does what he likes to do and just does these like small little bits and everything and um it's fun to see him on screen and very much like dive into this arts in this role i loved it sure i can't wait to see him if they don't put him in a fast and furious movie i'm gonna be super upset Oof. But this also brings back one of your favorites, one of my favorites. It was good to have him. <laughs> yeah, our boy Culp, which I think, he, like, he just comes in so hot so quickly. It was it was good. And I feel like when this episode started, I wasn't sure where this was chronologically. I thought this might have been before, like, the Xavier murders. But I think we quickly find out that it's kind of post. And this is her and Culp, I guess, continuing their detective work after that big major case right she's the she's the hot good cop right now and he's the ugly (laughs) cop which i thought this bit was very funny how impossible it was for culp to just let it go he's like i'm not ugly it was so good i'm boyishly handsome (laughs) boyishly handsome if you could see me on the other side of this i uh, so much fun so much Uh fun i literally wrote in our outline already funnier than the other episodes (laughs) the central bit here is the therapist and uh, Tom, I know you have strong feelings against therapy. Uh, I believe you've always said that therapy is uh, a gateway to street drugs, I think is what you've said before. Um, or that's what that young scientist said on Oprah. But uh, we, uh, we then very quickly dive into the therapist that's helping the arsonist. And 
he's got a equally uh, outrageous name that would be in any 90s thriller um yeah, I, quentin Devereaux. there you go okay <laughs> i read it in the outline i was like i know i heard them say that name a bunch of times i know it's like i don't know louisianan but there's no way i'm going to or as some people say french uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to read that name and not mess up. I could get the Quentin, I think. But thank you for filling in that that blank there. He's both an author and a therapist, which... Mm-hmm. Tom, how would you feel if the person you were going to and sharing your deepest, darkest arson <laughs> dreams was also an author? The whole time, wouldn't you just be like, this is going in your book. You're like, I know you're probably going to change my name. You're probably going to call me like Boolean, um, but I'm not for this. <laughs> Listen, I mean, we've got I've got plenty of interesting stories that would be uh, unique to hear um, another person scribe it. So sure, why not? As uh, okay. long as I change my name. Okay, so you're you're for it. <laughs> I'm for it. You're, sure. When you go and shop around therapists, you're like, do you write about these sessions? <laughs> you know, I know you change the name, but you and they're like, no, I would never. And like, all right, I'm out, and I'm not paying for this hour, and then you well, depart. They're writing the whole time, and I feel like I want to know what they're writing about me. So if they're going to put it in a book, at least I'll be able to see what they wrote about me. Man, I think this is I think this is our flaw as humans. We want to know, <laughs> but we really don't want to know. I think once we read those words on the page, we're going to mope around like Michael Sarah and Charlie Brown. We're just going to be super sad. Mother issues. <laughs> mother issues. Um, you know who doesn't have mother issues is the guy doing a thousand pull-ups. $9.99, 1000 He's so great. He's like, oh, I don't tor- normally meet people this way. He's shirtless. He's ripped. He's doing He's pull-ups. drinking the water and it's like <laughs> flashing <laughs> on him. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. It's so good. We find out what his speciality is. What's his speciality, Tom? Passion. Passion. (laughs) Oh, man. I feel like you're, based on how you came in on this podcast, I I would like to think that passion is also your speciality and your minor. What's what's so wrong with being wrong? Oh, man. So good. (laughs) So good. The saxophone. Whoever's playing, oh, I mean, I'm assuming they called Bill Clinton and they were like, hey, boss, we need you. And Bill Clinton's just off camera crushing it on the sax because it was sultry. That sax was being played by someone who had done some wrongdoings, I guess is what I'd like to, is what I'd like to say. It's definitely Duke Silver. Duke, Duke Silver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's a better, that's a better one. Good work. Good work. Oh, they have dinner. The dinner is just everything you want it to be. Uh, is <laughs> yeah, his this... house is just over the top, like <laughs> like gaudy and like fantastically ginormous. It's great. Someone in my household was like, "Did he just take a torch to those carrots?" I don't. <laughs> yeah, did he flambe carrots? Yeah. Is that a thing? <laughs> is that a thing? But now that I'm thinking about it, I should have seen that he was the arsonist, Tom. <laughs> he was burning those carrots from the beginning. Oh, hold on, hold on, so hold on. Blind. You didn't pick this up. Were you also lost in the in his eyes? You Listen, didn't see him as the arsonist. I was lost in those abs, in those lips, in the. I thought he was going to get a thousand and one pull-ups. I was lost in all of it. No. I, Did you see his feet? Because we know arsonists have oddly shaped feet. Oddly shaped feet, Tom. I have learned that about you. Uh, you explain that to me every time before we start this uh, son of a gun. But no, I, I mean, you know, that's what's the joy of this is they they lay it out. It's 100 percent. 
any of the weird 90s thrillers. You just <laughs> know the weird guy that's trying to like open someone up, dare I say sexually, is going to be uh, the weirdo killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find the term pro bono, <laughs> which... Uh, coming from a family of lawyers, I shouldn't laugh as much as I did. But when <laughs> when Danner says something like, I'm also pro bono, and I don't think he like acknowledges it. He just kind yeah. of moves by her comment. He plays oh, it straight. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah. Leading to some, uh, I don't know, sensual carrot play. Oh, man. Those are nature's most erotic vegetable. That's right. Most erotic vegetable. Raisins, nature's candy, carrot, most erotic vegetable. Yes, sir. Well, now that I say that out loud, I feel like it's probably the eggplant. Well, yes, in modern culture, that's that's very (laughs) true. That's a good point. Uh, I have always been partial to squash, but, you know, Mm. that's just me. A little brown (laughs) sugar, a little butter on that squash, and you got a stew going. Flambe it. Flambe it with a torch. Oh, man. We cut to karaoke, which has been explained to us. We should have gone into this in the beginning, Tom. None of the mystery of the main mystery of the after party is going to be solved during this episode. So just bear with us as we talk through this absolutely insane, insane (laughs) episode. But uh, we missed that Paul Shear's character is no longer an arson. His new passion is karaoke. Uh, and just the way he says this, William Joel, we didn't start the fire. It took me a second to understand <laughs> that he meant Billy Joel and uh, just threw me off. But so it was good. funny. Is like, is, is he just being like, he's too highbrow. Like he doesn't know who Billy Joel is. He just knows him as William. But I don't know. The, the, the fact that his song is we didn't start the fire is also just so on point. So lovely. good. So good. No, I think, Tom, it's a real power move and you should try this in your life. Use someone's, like, formal Christian name next time you, you know, they mostly go by Jim. Try Jimothy, you know, or with you, sometime I call you Thomas. Um, Uh If someone's name is Bill, call him William. Just see the look on their face as their soul dies a little bit. It's just (laughs) something fun to do, and I think that's what this author slash therapist, good thing he's not also an analysis, because we learned (laughs) that that can get dicey when you combine those. But anyways... (laughs) The uh, talk to me about uh, pyromania. <laughs> yeah, I love the way he positions this. He's like, I guess you could call. Oh, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get into my voice. Yep. Go. Yep. I guess you could call me a pyromaniac. Only instead of fire, I like sex. <laughs> Ooh, goodness. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, can you insert the term love making in that <laughs> end of that and do it in Tom's voice, please? Just. <laughs> I guess use AI. Everyone's afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it. Um, mm. One day AI will mean I won't have to do this anymore and a robot will do it for me. And I'll still make tens and tens of dollars. <laughs> Anyways. Stop uh, my t- <laughs> <laughs> No, Tom, you can't. We're a podcast for, we're a podcast that are, is listened around children, Tom. It's slap my <laughs> pectoral. Or... Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me. Yes, thank you. Oh, this was so funny. The erotic <laughs> fire that is raging in both of them. The weirdness he... And once again, he plays it without a wink. It's just mm-hmm. so, so good when this was happening. And the fact that she's like, wait, what? And then she just goes for it. And then she's like <laughs> playing the bongos in real time when they cut to her and Anique talking. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Such a... 
such a see this is all i wanted from the show <laughs> those one episodes where i was like ah, i didn't find this very funny just give me some slapping pectorals i guess <laughs> i don't know this was very funny to me tom yeah loved loved absolutely every minute of it we cut to the present and i'm gonna let you handle the serious mystery stuff of it all but there's this interaction with zoe and uh, funkel cousin no funkel uncle ulysses mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where she's like trying to find something in the hallway he comes upon her she she's acting super as the kids say tom sus <laughs> she's definitely very sus she has a quick conversation with him and asks him like why he left i think and his response saying like i left because i was restless like i wasn't oh the world was calling me and he kind of mentions that he's not a spy i, I know we're getting ulysses episode next so i don't want to speculate too much but I I like that we got a little bit more of his character here because we've gotten like almost nothing. So to jump into his episode without really giving us some sort of suspicion for his character, um, I thought would have done him a little bit of an injustice. So don't know what to make of it yet, but I won't speculate too far. Well, see, I'll speculate a little bit because speculation is one of the things that I do. This conversation, I think we had... A prior conversation where you said, hey, do you think he's full of horse dung? And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, of course. I think he's full of horse dung. I don't think he really did all these things. I don't think he did all these travels. (sighs) I hate to put it on record, Tom, but this conversation for some reason and like what he does in this episode, I started to think maybe he is a world, like maybe he has done some interesting things, but I'm very much setting myself up to be... 100% 100% wrong next episode, <laughs> but I found myself finding him less full of dog doo-doo okay. and more believable. Am I wrong? Did they did they pitch me a, a bag of uh, goat dung? What, <laughs> well, what? I think they're leaving it open for both possibilities, and I think even what you've seen from like clips of his next episode, or at least the screenshot for the next one, he's like seemingly in the middle of the desert riding a horse or something. So he's definitely traveled. It's just whether it's to the extent that he's kind of been positioning. And there is something that he kind of does at the end, which I also find a little sus that I do want to talk about, but I don't want to touch on it quite yet. Okay. I do want to mention, since we've both used the term sus in a manner of three minutes, um, (laughs) my child was complaining that on Among Us, kids can only use a quick chat feature so that obviously they're not, I don't know, uh, they can't say certain things online, mm-hmm. um, but the term "sus" is not allowed in that quick chat feature. Okay. So he's like, he's like, I don't understand. This is like the main <laughs> word for this game, and they won't <laughs> let me use it in the quick chat. And that was a grievance that was aired in my house in the last twenty-four hours. So sounds pretty sus. Yes, super sus, right? <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at myself. He's gonna listen to this when he's twenty-one, and I allow him to, and he's just gonna. Rub my nose in it. All right. Travis is in the kitchen making devil's trumpet tea. Tom, explain this to me. If Travis had died here, I'd been like, okay. I would have moved on with my life without a second thought. Like, what's happening here? Uh, The fact that he says, like, yeah, I got these instructions from my pals at Reddit. That was kind of funny since I've been working with my pals at Reddit to try to solve the mystery (laughs) of the show. Um, Yes. But when he eventually realizes, like, how silly he was or how we should have done this, he's like, oh, shoot, this was avoidable. I thought it was a great (laughs) line. (laughs) No, there was certainly 
I mean, there's some funny stuff here. I just, from a character point of view, he knows it's poison. What is he doing? Well, they they had mentioned, I think it was Ulysses, that kind of said, well, if you take this in small doses, you can kind of hallucinate. So we've already kind of gotten that. I don't know if we needed this scene to kind of proof that out, but, I mean, we certainly got it. Sure, and we'll get to the end where he's being comforted by Grace, and I thought, I mean, that obviously led to some different things happening in the room, which Mm -hmm. I felt like the show was trying to show us something, so... Uh, I don't think Travis is long for this world. I think Hannah kills Travis, if I'm being honest. <laughs> double murder? Double murder, yes. Double Danner's fire. The firing, <laughs> number two. Danner right. Inferno. There, thank you. You're better at this than I am. <laughs> We're back in the mind movie. There's a lot of food and lovemaking. There's a pickle tease that happens that <laughs> I love pickles, Tom. I love pickles probably more than any other food. And the abuse this pickle's going through in this scene, <laughs> I did not. I did. I felt like the pickle lobbyists should be boycotting this show based on what they do to <laughs> these pickles. Pickles should be eaten, not teased. That's my 100%. I don't care for bagels, though. So the nipple bagel stuff that <laughs> happened, you know, that's fine. Let it play. Throw a little, uh, throw a little schmear on there or whatever it's called. I don't know. Cream cheese, Newful Chugan cheese, whatever it is. Throw it on there. I love bagels. I, <laughs> I appreciate these actors just going for it. I think at a certain point they get like ketchup and mustard and just squirt it all over their faces. Oh, like, they lock arms. They go through yeah. like when you like like at a wedding when you toast together or whatever. They go through each other's arms and shoot mustard. You know who's the loser in that? The mustard person. That's the loser in that. Not only does it Fact. stain, but too much mustard is too much mustard. Ketchup, I can you know I can tolerate more ketchup than I can mustard. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, there is a a moment in this sequence here where I think Danner's like on top of him and you see him just covered with food and there's like marshmallows and pickles and cheese balls all over his chest. And if you look at it, if you want to pause it, I bet you this is one of our clues. This This is one of our clues for the episode. Really? I paused it. I solved this one all by myself, I might add. Uh, so this is kind of a fun one. So uh, if you want to see this man's chest for an extended period of time, give it a pause and uh, try to solve this puzzle. I assumed it was just the Heinz um, logo in ketchup and mustard, <laughs> just some product placement. 57. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. All right. They are letting Leonard go, who's the arsonist, because she believes the therapist um, and her... Opinion is not at all being swayed by all the weird erotic food stuff. Mm-hmm. And as he's leaving, he's with the therapist, right? When they're letting him go and he burns himself <laughs> on the lighter. That was so funny. Well, it's just another good like little bit about, yeah, this guy, he has no dealing with fire. Like he's an idiot. Like he's right. burning himself. He's not playing with it like uh, eloquently like Leonard, or not, not Leonard, excuse me, but as Quentin is later. Um, and even Cole like mentions like, yeah, you keep doing this. You keep playing with fire. You're gonna get burned, which is classic. She's like, "Don't say it. Don't say it. You're gonna get. Don't say it. You're gonna. You're gonna get burned. So good. So good. Oh, this line from Doctor Devereaux, where he's like, "Oh, I've got a, it. I've got it. I've oh, got you're it. gonna do this. All right, sir. Please, I'm gonna pull up a chair. Let me pop some popcorn. I'm ready. I'm, I've got my listening ears on. We're an intersection between pleasure and pain." It's heavily trafficked, lots of honking, at one stoplight, and it doesn't work. 
he just kept going and it was so good it was so good at first i laughed at like heavily trafficked and then he's like lots of vodka i was like oh yes he's gonna do it and he kept going and i don't even think i wrote everything down from that oh so good thank you i like in the seat thank you dr oh, Devereaux, for joining us as a guest spot on this uh small podcast big fans michael uh, ely Mm-hmm. The best is how this ends, where he gives a line about like one of my pecs likes to smacks, and the other likes to wax. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote, man. Thank you, thank you for keeping it G-rated uh, on that one, Tom. Although I'll believe uh, the other one. We're fine. No, 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 no. We're we're good. Everyone understands <laughs> what a uh, pectoral uh, is, or a who. There's not many other. Plumpy. We're just talking about Lake Lake Titicaca. Plump, there you go. Plumpies is what my little brother used to call them when he was <laughs> a young man. Anyways, all right. Whew. I haven't had much to eat today, but a lot to drink, Tom. <laughs> We're back to the present. Travis is a trippin' and Grace is comforting him and Hannah is jealous. Talk what, mm-hmm. talk to me about this. What'd you get out of this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't understand why Hannah is really jealous here. I mean, I guess the they kind of go back to the steampunk thing, which we had kind of thought, are they gonna have some sort of like relationship building thing on that? And she mentions like a velo cycle, so she understands that what Travis is tripping about is some kind of steampunk thing that they probably you know, I don't know, a uh, cosplay or something that they went right. to at some point. They, it's um, like a thing they both shared. And so mm-hmm. this is Grace's like, oh, I've got this. Let me go in there. And yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I, again, I don't know if there's much to read into outside of just Hannah probably being a jealous person in nature. And maybe that is leaning more towards Hannah being jealous and maybe taking out on Edgar or uh, Roxana. Oh, interesting. So, okay, well, we'll get to those thoughts at the end of this episode. Let's not reveal too much. Mm. But it sounds like Tom, did you know, Tom, did you know mm-hmm. Hannah spelled backwards is... Hana. Hana. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you got there. You got there quicker <laughs> than I did. All right, let's go back into the mind movie. Uh, the mind movie, they are, once again, I don't know why we're going through the details of this, but the dairy freeze burned. I wrote in my notes, it was Leonard. And then very quickly I wrote, it was Quentin. So, uh, I clearly was drinking and was confused. I don't know that I was ever confused, but I was having fun during this episode. Yeah, this goes through pretty quick and where they kind of lay it all on the line, like, oh, it's definitely Leonard. And then we cut back to Quentin's house and we figure it out. There is a... a, a Something we need to talk about in between here where they do go to the karaoke bar and we do see Leonard like singing his heart out, which posture going forward is always fun. Um, fun. But this is definitely one where you look in the background. I think this is, again, another clear clue that we're getting kind of shown here. So if you look in the background of the karaoke bar, there's kind of some flags that are up in the background. uh, And I would recommend if you want to do some puzzling, try to figure out what those flags might mean because they might lead you to a clue. Are they like Cenophone? Uh, Are they like naval uh, flag code? Is there a ship sinking? Is that what it's doing, Tom? They have, there's, I think there's eight flags, seven flags, something like that. And each flag does represent a letter. 
So oh, interesting. do some figuring out interesting. and maybe you can solve the puzzle. Sinking is seven letters. So that's something. Did I do that math right? I think I did. Did I? It doesn't Nailed matter. It. Let's move on. No one will ever know. Uh, this is live. If we move quick enough, no one will no one will know. Tom, if I was to go down if I was go down to the Dairy Queen and set it afire, it would not burn to the ground, correct? Yeah, it's impossible. The the blizzard technology is what uh, keeps them uh, alive. Much like a dairy freeze. Impossible to burn. <laughs> impossible yeah. to burn. Tom, who do we see in the karaoke bar? Is that in this moment or It is, man. Like it's just like the tail end of it. So like she's going and chasing Leonard Danner is and we get somebody else picking up the microphone off the floor and who is it? It's our boy Walt doing Shlamp. I don't know what song he's doing. Slamps. His name is Slamps, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, again, just brilliant cameo to kind of get him back into the into the scene. Doesn't do much of anything, but for those who watched the first season, it's it's gold. So good, so good. I would hope you watched the first season and not hopped onto the show. I mean, they're standalones, but it mm-hmm. does help to watch the first season. Agreed. So then we do cut back to Quentin's house. Just pure comedy gold of when she rips off that like easel and sees the painting of what he's been doing, and it's just a crude stick figure of a very busty woman. Uh, Needs a model. Just it's Needs so so model. funny. Yeah, so good. I laughed so hard on that one. So good. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it yes, I laughed. I laughed more than I probably should have. It was very good. <laughs> And then he reveals his perfect plan. There's always a moment in the 90s thriller where they talk about their perfect plan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, cuffs Danner to the bed. And he gives his lie, which, again, I just loved this quote or line, how it's the complete opposite of what he said in the beginning of, truth is, I'm not really a pyromaniac, but for sex. I'm a sex addict, but for fire. <laughs> <laughs> So so good. Think, Such great writing. I think earlier earlier as she's telling the story, Anique like there's a side where Anique goes, there there's a term for that. And it's <laughs> yeah. just it's Shut up, so I'm telling the story. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Everything is on fire, uh, but Culp shows up. Culp I love she calls Culp at one point and his voicemail is don't leave a message. I won't listen to it. Text. This is, it's like, <laughs> text me, you no idiot. One, yeah, no one leaves voicemails. <laughs> text me, you idiot. Uh, which uh, anyone who has parents probably gets minute long voicemails. I don't know, once every two weeks. But uh, it was so funny that he's like, I got the longest voicemail from you because your phone <laughs> just, you know, pocket dialed me and wrote it out. But Culp shows up. I, I really enjoy this actor. I had a lot of fun seeing Culp throughout this episode. He's so good. And like any good American cop, he shoots her to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, she's like, he's, she's, he's like, I'm going to shoot this. She's like, no, why don't you just shoot the bed? It's so, so good. I was laughing the whole time. And then, of course, he passes out. He does a great pratfall here. That's a, for those of you not in show business, that's when someone fake falls. I think, or it's when Chris Pratt fall, falls. I don't know. Um, I'm not in you show never business. You never hear it. No. Yeah. But when he, he like kind of bounces off the bed and lands on the floor, <laughs> I thought even that physical comedy was very funny. And then much like Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston, he she carries him to safety. <laughs> and I don't know if you caught this, but it's not in the subtitles, which I had on when I was watching this as a second time through. But as like the firefighters are rushing in in the background, you hear like the fire chief say, Lord Miller, 
go look for survivors which is nice. pretty great phil lord and chris miller like kind of the creators of the show i like how they kind of chuck their names in here nice yep and then alfred hitchcock walks by and he <laughs> winks at the camera I, I i like it no i did not catch that tom but that's why you're the gumshoe and i'm just a guy seeing a therapist about uh, addiction his to... love for shoes <laughs> love for shoes that's true <laughs> There's no term for that in this world. It's a shoe gum. <laughs> nice. Nice. I hate, I hate gum, which is the irony of it all. Why well, you step on it all the time. We then cut to the present, and this is where Danner is explaining to Anique that he is hugging the arsonist, just like she <laughs> was hugging the arse of the arsonist. <laughs> but I think Anique will eventually here agrees that he needs to get to the truth, and to do so, he's going to have to consider... Zoe and her family. Exactly. Exactly. Because we know they're the murderers. We just know it in our hearts. And they talk about Danner resigning, or then she then resigned. I think she felt like, I don't know, embarrassed or whatever by this. And it was, yeah, her decision to uh, resign. And I appreciate it. I, I thought this before Anik even said it, uh, but Anik's going to help her get her groove back. I thought that was good. Good line. That was a great line. He's not allowed to say it ever again as soon as the words left his mouth he wanted them back mm-hmm. dr Devenroe, he was not arrested right he he went free he escaped still on the lamb yep do we think he killed edgar <laughs> i don't think so maybe he's our season three murderer i don't know maybe he gave him some sort of flammable tea and <laughs> edgar died from an inferno inside of him is that a thing uh, no, I think that's just fireball whiskey. Mm, never had it. Never had it. I am part of the class action lawsuit uh, where their little small bottles don't contain any whiskey. So <laughs> um, hopefully I get my dollar after the lawyers get their millions. But okay, so this is okay. So we get the finish of Danner's uh, mind movie, right? And then it kind of cuts back to Travis and all the shenanigans that's happening on here. This is where I want to bring up like the way Ulysses kind of makes these, I guess they call them Dutch baby pancakes that was he made for Zoe and Grace when they were younger or kids. It kind of like saves Travis. So I'm wondering, do you think there's anything like sus about that, that he makes some kind of like magical pancake? Maybe he'll put something in it to help reverse the effects of, of this poison? Like, do you think he knows maybe more about this flower than he's leading on? Um... All I'll say, Tom, is if you've ever taken any type of drug or alcohol and you don't feel good, uh, pancakes always solve the problems. <laughs> so I don't think there's anything special in these. What's a Dutch baby pancake? I didn't look it up. I didn't. It had like ridges. Uh, I'm assuming Dutch baby pancakes you can throw in water and they float like a boat. I didn't understand <laughs> what a Dutch baby pancake was. But yeah, so it was you like think he pads. put some sort of antidote in the in the batter? I'm not saying he did, but I'm also not saying he didn't. Sure, sure. Okay, great. Man, I can't wait to vote for you in the next primary. Way to not stick to a, a single position. The key <sighs> is to call out everything you see, and eventually you'll be right. All right, well, you did a great job. I'm going to give you all your million internet points now because you hedged both ways. I'm going to go on a limb and just say everyone loves a pancake when they're hungover or coming back from some sort of acid trip. So, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I didn't actually, I didn't give that any thought that he would put something in there to help, um, mm-hmm. to help. Was he poisoning his nieces back in the day? And that's how he learned how to, uh, uh, that the Dutch babies will solve all of their coming back from being drugged ills. 
That's a dark thought, Julian. Let's move on from that. <laughs> we do get a quick cut before we get uh, Zoe kind of doing her, I don't know, her shenanigans in Edgar's room where Sebastian and Isabel are kind of in the hallway talking. And I don't know if you clock this, but Sebastian tells her it's all going smoothly. No hiccups yet. We'll get this done. And then Isabel's response is it has to, or, it has to happen now. So again, like, I don't think that either of them are part of the murder, but they're certainly up to something and they're doing it together. But did you make up anything to this? Like, what, what do you think is going on? Tom, I didn't know this dialogue happened at all until this okay. very moment. So <laughs> I don't think it's these two. I think these two's motivation is financial in terms of making sure that they're covered now that he's mm-hmm. dead. I don't think this has anything to do with the murder. The person I think who has more to do with the murder is the woman sneaking into rooms and hiding teapots and stuff. Like, <laughs> I know that she she directly is not the murderer, I guess, but she's, uh, I don't know. This all seems very crazy that she's hiding the teapot under the uh, cozy in the bathroom and... Uh, I don't know. It's not looking good for Zoe. You could make, if there was a Netflix documentary about how Zoe did it, I think by episode eight, (laughs) we'd all be on board with, you know, her going to jail for it. Well, and as much as she's doing, it just makes me think, okay, it can't be her, right? Like she's doing too much to try to cover this up and maybe she's protecting her family member and whether maybe they, the show wants us to think it's Grace, but maybe it's not Grace. Like I'm still kind of leaning towards the, the Jang train where maybe she's trying to protect her father um, in some form or fashion, but that's fair. And I don't, I don't know if she goes in there specifically looking for tea or knows that the tea's in there. It seems like she kind of stumbles across it and doesn't know what to do with it. Oh, I, I felt argue... like she made a beeline for it. She opened the thing, she pulled it out from under the. I, I feel like the okay. whole tea bit in the kitchen is what spawned the idea of. Oh, I'm gonna go to his room and find the tea kettle so i think she was looking for tea i guess i my point was i didn't think she knew tea would be in there like still in there she went to look for it and when she found it she you know kind of tried to very poorly dispose of it she just kind of moved it somewhere else which yeah cops are gonna find yeah dump it in um, the toilet that's what you do yeah. everyone knows uh-huh. you dump your drugs in the toilet i mean exactly those of us that have seen that in movies know what to do <laughs> those of us that have been raided by a federal agency we know what to do you flush your guns down the toilet it's just what you do <laughs> Yeah, and you does eat that, the bullets. Does anyone know a plumber? Um, yeah, I don't know. You don't go to a dead man's room for tea. That's all I know, Tom. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got it. It's in a decal in our kitchen. We got it from Hobby Lobby. <laughs> like, all right, so should we make predictions before we go into Tom's spoiler corner, or should we just go into Tom's spoiler corner? And for those of you that this is your first episode with us, I'm sorry. Uh, secondly, <laughs> we roll into Tom's spoiler corner where Tom goes through the puzzles because the show has a ton of puzzles for the, I don't know, uh, inclined to read into things, go on Reddit, <laughs> try and make puzzles out of everything, uh, Bible code people, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so if you don't want to have a bunch of stuff revealed, you've got to leave us before Tom's spoiler corner. But before Tom, should we make predictions? I mean, I still think, like I said, I, I'm still with Chang. I'm assuming we're going to get a bit of his episode. Maybe we'll get a little bit more fill from Ulysses because we know that Ulysses and Jang have some sort of like bad blood and, and history from the I think pilot episode. So that's where I'm still leaning. How about you? I still think it's Vivian, 100% Vivian. Okay. There's no doubt in my mind. It also could be the kid that's videotaping things that every once in a while we see. Um, I 
don't know what the natural predator to a gecko is. Uh, I'm assuming it's some sort of insurance fraud, so I'm not it's ruling the, no, out... No, it's the Affleck duck. The Affleck duck, thank you. I'm not <laughs> ruling out the Affleck duck or insurance fraud uh, okay. as the murderers of Edgar and the gecko. Mm-hmm. Named... I'm going to guess... No, 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 let me guess. I wanted to say Isabel, uh, and I know that's the mom, so I would have been wrong. But you didn't let me be wrong, Tom. So I got you, buddy. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to reach out and tell us how great we're doing, you can reach us at <laughs> teambingepodcast.com. Nobody does uh, that. If you want to uh, reach out to us and tell us how wrong we're doing, it's teambingepodcast1 at gmail.com. <laughs> and then uh, Tom will cover the other socials. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Sometimes it's fun to read those, and other times it's devastating. So <laughs> just depends on what type of day you want to have. Tom, what I miss? Yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast to continue the conversation. So, again, it's been fun, and uh, now we'll, we'll leave those who don't want to be spoiled. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Otherwise, we'll see you in my spoiler corner. All right, we're in Tom's spoiler corner. We climbed up the stairs. We opened the wardrobe. We did the special passcode, which is a horse's <laughs> name. Um, we shot laser into our eyeballs so that we could get by the door. And then we found Tom Cruise hovering uh, just over the thing. And we were like, got you. And he's like, I'm going to make eight more of these movies. And the one you just watched isn't going to be very good. <laughs> Anyways. All right, we're in Tom's spoiler corner. Tom. <laughs> whose spoiler corner is this yours go ahead take it away good man (laughs) okay so we've got uh episode five sebastian's mind movie again that those are who are here probably are well versed at this point we have elimination clues and flower clues so the elimination one came at us right at the very beginning of this episode and this i felt happened so quickly like i clocked it but i didn't even like pause and take a step on trying to do this one but it was a crossword puzzle Right when um, it goes to the room and they're all kind of like hanging out there and it's all like awkwardly quiet, you see Travis there doing a crossword. And if you actually see the only word he's entered into the crossword says, do me with an exclamation point. So it's literally telling the audience, hey, do me. I am the crossword puzzle. I am the clue. Oh, interesting. Um, so if you pause it, you can see the whole thing and read it all out. It's you know good enough um, you know, kind of resolution that you can, you can uh, map it all out. And like most crossword puzzles, they'll have like one word that is not the word itself for like any one of the individual clues, but like it goes all the way across, like from bottom diagonal all the way to the top. It spells out not by camel's milk, which is odd. We haven't gotten any sort of reference to camel's milk. Maybe Ulysses seems no, to be that's, the most. That's what's in his container during the that's camel's milk. That's what that oh, is, right? Oh, okay, okay. No, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry, I, I didn't really realize that. So who drank the camel's milk then, right? It was Anik. Yeah, it was Anik, and he spit it all over the place. But I think other people, or did Edgar refuse to drink it? And then He that's tried, Ulysses tried it. to give it to him, for sure. But so now this is saying it's not by camel's milk, maybe that's putting some suspicion off of Ulysses. Sure, 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 sure. So again, so that's one of their knots. So to go with the other episodes, you have not the snorer which, again, don't think we've gotten yet, have we? 
The only thing that was brought up to me is that in Travis's episode, he falls asleep in the hallway and he snores. This was told to Did me he? by someone, but because I'm bad at this, I didn't go back and verify that. So okay. that would be my only question about the snorer is whether or not it was Travis. Because he's the only one we actively see sleeping, right? I think so. We know he was like knocked out at one point, so maybe he snored a little bit there. I, I should have probably clocked that, but I haven't uh, yet because we also have not the skater, which again, from your perspective, do you have we gotten any clues to who's the who's the skater? I don't know, but it's uh, not Avril Lavigne's boyfriend. <laughs> Very good. We, we've eliminated him. Uh, and then we also had the not by suicide and then not Colonel, which was, I believe, the dog's name. So it was kind of just a funny throwaway one. Didn't die by choking on popcorn, which is how I want to go, Tom. I want to <laughs> yeah. go choking on popcorn. <laughs> Watching, I'm going to say, a 90s erotic thriller. Let's say Internal Affairs. Mm, okay. I go basic instinct, but that's just me. I would also uh, like to go basic instinct. I'd like to change my answer. Basic instinct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there's our elimination clue the flower puzzle clue for this episode actually wasn't terribly difficult usually the flower ones are a little bit harder but when they are talking about their heist and it kind of shows the blueprint on the table of kind of like the safe and all the different things that they're going to do for kind of breaking into it mm-hmm. there's all the different drawing and architectural tools that are on the table and if you look at them they clearly spell out daisy d-a-i-s-y um, just like the way the tools are shaped or like one is that little like kind of half moon rulery thing. I don't know. Uh, so that's that's what it is. And what we've gotten, I think, since episode four, these clues require you to not just say what the flower is and type that on the website, but they also require you to say where you found it. So you can't just stumble across a flower and kind of randomly guess. So once it's set, once you put in flower, you have to also or daisy. It also asks you where would you like the flowers placed. So then you have to type in blueprint since they are on the blueprint. Do you think they added that because people were just putting in every flower trying to get the clue? Or do you think that was something they realized after they get the first one or two clues they were going to need to make it a little harder? Well, so it's a good question. So the website is timed. So you cannot, even if you want to just guess every flower in the rainbow, say next week's flower is tulip. Like you can't just put tulip into the website. It will not work until like Tuesday after or Tuesday evening. Mm. when they release the episodes okay okay um but yeah so then we get uh, sebastian's puzzle which is called going green and again it's just it's it's like a pdf doc it's got a bunch of different kind of like clues and words and phrases that you have to kind of put together if you want to try it it was a kind of a fun one I, I tried this one um but ultimately the answer that you get from this puzzle is eco warrior so putting that together with our other four we have hoverboard new england unscramble Drop Bucket, Eco Warrior. No idea what these all mean. It continues to go with the 10-letter word answer. So maybe we'll get, again, some kind of clue or hint or key that's going to lead us to how to decipher all of these. And I'm also not sure, too, if this is going to point us to, I don't know, like we already know the murder weapon. I don't think it'll point us directly to the murder. Maybe it will. Interested to see what we get from these because these are the very intricate you got to take your time to do these kind of puzzles. Sure, sure. Do we know the murder weapon, Tom? I mean, it's a fair point, right? We get the elimination clue not by camel's milk. The assumption is that it is the you know devil's trumpet, but I don't know if we know for sure. 
I felt like what they were trying to do in this last episode is prove to us that it's not always fatal. Like you can, mm-hmm. if you're given pancakes and some steampunk love, then all will be good in the devil's trumpet world. But well, let me just let me just throw something out there here, right? Like, is Edgar dead? Like, who's examined the body? Could he be like paralyzed? Could he be like just light as a feather, stiff as a board right now? I mean, who who like called him? Like, I mean, they they haven't had medics or anybody come there and actually officially say it. So maybe. This is something like slows your heartbeat down. Like, I don't know. I feel like the show still needs to have a central murder, but it just kind of keeps coming to the back of my mind. Like, maybe he isn't dead. Sure, sure. Zach Woods always does kind of have the pallor of a corpse, so <laughs> you're making a good point. He may just be like, I'm fine. I Let me down. I can walk. You know, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is from Monty Python. Mm-hmm. I can't remember any of the... I'm much better now. Anyways, good point. Maybe he's not dead. Maybe we've just been wasting our lives on this show, Tom, and there's no murder. Maybe Dr. Devereaux will come back and kill all of them. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) That'd be a twist. Yes, that would be a twist. But thank you for your time in your corner. Uh, Thank you for putting in all of the work. I don't have any idea what Eco Warrior or Drop Bucket or any of those mean, but I do know that as soon as we sign off here, I'm going to go see whether or not Travis is snoring in the hallway. And if the person that told me that he was snoring and thought I was an idiot for not noticing it is wrong, I shall be yelling at her. And it will probably lead to some marital strife. But I'm not going to say who that person was. I'm just going to say those things. So, Is it your mother? Mom! Meatloaf! Anyways... All right. Uh, I have been. Well, do we have anything more to talk about, Tom? Or can I sign <laughs> no, off? I'm ready to Julian. go. You can be Julian. All right. I'd love to be Julian. Right now, I'm Julian. <laughs> and I'm Gumshoe Tom. Till next time, everybody. Man. Night. Talk about stiff as a board, you know, <laughs> dead as a nail. Goodness. Podcasts for children, Tom. All right. Good night. <laughs>